The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. It is time for Greg Carrasco! Kick it! Whoa, it's the Greg Carrasco Show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this right go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guests from the East Coast to the West. listening to the sound of my voice you're alive <laughs> you're alive you're alive and that's a reason to rejoice isn't it sometimes the version of Carrasco you're going to hear today is not a version that happens very often I'll tell you why this is what happens to Carrasco when he gets full 10 almost 11 hours of sleep I took some sleep easies last night. You can buy a shoppers. And I laced those suckers with some CBD straight up. Woo! So it was like 8.15 or so last night. Out. Carrasco was out. I need to make up for all those hours that I've lost this past week. Interesting week indeed. If this is your first time tuning in, you are listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show, and uh, we're going to try to stay true to that at least for the next five minutes. Although I don't really like to talk about cars, we will always give precedent to car talk. So if you're looking at buying something, if you are trying to decide what to buy, let me help you make that decision. Do you have a trade-in and you don't know what it's worth? Talk to me. Let me help you. There is only one condition to the show. You need to have a thick skin. Because I don't care about your feelings. I don't have very many of those feelings left myself. <laughs> so when it comes to car buying decisions, I do not care about your feelings. I'm going to try to help you. With all the experience that I have mustered over the last 30 or so years, I want to help you try to make a decision that makes sense in the general sense. It may not make sense to you individually because you have your feelings involved. I like this car. I've always wanted it. Uh, sometimes you need to get an objective advice from somebody that has no vested interest 
and you get in one thing or another. Yeah, we all know you want that seven passenger large luxury SUVs, but how many times do you have seven people in the car? Like, never. So don't waste your money. I'm going to help you do that. Now, for those of you that don't know, although you should by now, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no commission salespeople. We have no commission salespeople. And what does that mean to you? It means that we can spend time with you and help you make the right decision without the vested interest of selling you something that is more money. Because my salespeople will get paid the same whether you buy something or not. Whether you buy something that is $150,000 or something that is worth $10,000. For us, it's all about the customer experience. At least that's what we try to do in principle. Sometimes <clears throat> some of you make it difficult to be nice, but you know, we try. We honestly try. And I think that we do a pretty good job. So Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity until the end of the month. And we don't have a lot of days left. It's amazing how quickly March has gone by. March has been a bit of a blur. I don't know about you, but geez, we're in the spring already. April is around the corner. What happened to March? Until the end of the month. If you have good credit, and that is the catalyst, you need to have good credit because if you don't, I'm sorry, the bank doesn't like you. You can come down to Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity and you can get up to six months of no payments whenever you finance any used vehicle for e from either one of my stores, Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. So if you want to take a payment vacation, you need to come and see me. At a time in which offers don't come around very often, this may be the best offer you are going to see anywhere. In fact, it may be the only offer that you will see anywhere. Dealers are not given discounts. Manufacturers are not given offers, rebates, interest rates. You cannot forget, folks, that this, for the first time, at least in my time, is a seller's market. If you are looking at buying a vehicle within the next 12 months, do not wait. This supply situation is not going to go away. So this is the time for you to come down and make that decision that you've been wanting to make for so long. Don't wait. Do not wait. So you know where to find me. I have no life. I have a futon at Oakville Nissan. I sleep there, except on Tuesdays. On Tuesdays, I do laundry. I have therapy on Tuesday morning. Man, I love that guy. My therapist is a rock star. He just sent me the tax bills for therapy. Over the last two years, I have spent almost 160 hours worth of therapy. What? My problems run deep. <laughs> So you're not, you're not the only one. The only difference between me and you is that I, I, I know how messed up I am and I'm trying to actively do something about it. I'm going to share something with you folks. And immediately after I share this, Lex is going to take us to a break. But I need to read this to you. 
Just indulge me for a second. Here we go. Was it three or 20 rounds? Typical routine on a Sunday morning mat. Bodies rolling on the ground. Even those ones getting a little fat. He pushes, I pull, he frames, I hold back, I hold my breath. It's a bad habit that I have. This is the soft art. So why do we need to be so tough? My brain wanders as my body, Steve, becomes a little too much. Too much was going through my mind. As somebody tries to strangle me, <laughs> what a game we play. Not for all, many people say. We fought and fought and so did the lot. I need a rest and recover what I just lost. I sat against the wall thinking of life, resting for a minute. And this would be so much easier if one of us had a knife. I thought about Putin. I thought about the war. I thought about my mother and why she lives so far. I thought about a trip. I thought about my grip. I was too young to be equipped to take the sting of my grandpa's whip. I thought about the feet, about my friend Pete, and that I needed to be discreet and how much I love the smell of my woman's feet. I sat against that wall, catching my breath with a vengeance, observing all this martial artist. Then a sudden plot twist on the radio called play and sung the scientist. Nobody said it was easy. It's such a shame for us to part. Lyrics pierced my chest like a full metal jacket. Tears exploded down my face. There was something inside this space and I needed to unpack it. The sweat from my jujitsu was the perfect disguise. My tears blended right in. Nobody saw the mess I had inside. I cried in front of 40 men. Not a single one of them saw a single thing. But did I really cry if nobody saw it? Could this be a sin? What is happening to me? I am 50 and never cry so easily in my life. Is this what happened to men as they become more aware? Is this really our strife? I'm getting older. Years are showing their claws. My face is showing all my flaws. Not only women go through menopause, perhaps this is the time for men to pause. You are listening to the Greg Carrasco Show this Saturday morning. You're one of the lucky ones. We're going to take a short break. The lines are open. The show is yours. 289-275-9600 is the phone number to call. Lex, take us to a break. We'll be right back. Just no one you 
What's up, everybody? This is Randy Couture. And if I'm not beating people up, I'm listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Give it a listen. Take care. My name is Sean Avery. I love getting under people's skin, but not as much as this guy. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. specific order amazing you're making it happen Lex you make me happy this morning Lex is this beautiful bald man on the other side of the screen that makes it all happen <laughs> and all I can see through my zoom call is this shiny spot in the middle of his forehead just like mine I'm sure he sees the same with my head <laughs> ah, I love it I love it you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. We have three hours of radio extravaganza. The phone lines are open. Whatever is on your mind, I want to know. Talk to me. The number to call, 289-275-9600. And we are going to give away a set of AirPods to the best call of the day. Nick, you have to help me remember that we got to give away the best yeah, set of AirPods for the best color today. Please promise me that you will help me remember. <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure to remind you. I'll keep, I'll keep saying it. I'll you, keep saying it. <laughs> no, no problem. 289-275-9600 is a phone number. And um, just call us. I want to know whatever is on your mind. There's a lot of stuff going on. We have a, a guest coming on the other side of the hour. Uh, it's one of the callers. Uh, TJ, take. I think that's the way you pronounce his name. Uh, he's going to call us in the next side of the hour. He called us here a couple of weeks ago, and we had a really interesting conversation about uh, dogma and religion and whatnot. So I decided to reach out to him and uh, get him to um, do a, an intellectual barf on the radio show. You see, whenever you run a show that is a stream of consciousness and uh, there is no real script, and the callers are the ones that determine the direction of the show, you never know what you're going to find. And since I'm trying to live my life furiously, I don't want to miss a single thing, folks. Everything that I do on the show here is not an accident. The songs, the direction other than the calls, what's on my mind is here is just fluttering around in my head like a marble in a tin can, and I can't make it stop until he comes out. I want to send a big shout out this morning to my friends. And these are my friends. At all the 
Jiu-Jitsu members of EVO, BJJ, and Mississauga, there is a ceremony this morning. And uh, to all of you that are getting promoted, congratulations. I see the tremendous amount of hard work you guys are putting in there. The club is filled with amazing beasts, beautiful beasts, whose technical understanding of the game of BJJ I have never seen before. I want to send a big shout out to Professor Toma and Dave. They own a tight ship. So if you live in Mississauga and you're looking for your life to be changed, if you're getting bullied by your wife, <laughs> you need to stop that. Stop it. <laughs> and go train with them. Although we will always talk car first. You know, jujitsu is one of my passions. And as you all heard last week, I'm opening up a jiu-jitsu school in Oakville with my friend Luis Costa. Professor Luis Costa and I are partners. And um, now we are in the process of construction. So our jiu-jitsu school is going to open in the KiwiW and Dorval area. Octa BJJ is the name of the school. Ontario Combat Training Academy. I'm going to try to be one of the instructors. I never feel that I'm good enough but I will be there. Professor Luis Costa is a savage. He's also one of a beautiful man. And uh, I am so lucky to have him as my partner. So if you live in Oakville and you are looking at uh, playing the game of jujitsu, if uh, martial arts interests you in any way, shape or form, come and see us. This school is going to be open in the next few weeks. And uh, because of the size of the location, we only have limited spots available to you all. So put yourself in the waiting list. Put yourself in the lineup. It'll happen. OctaBJJ.com. You can find it. OctaBJJ.com. You can find it. Now, if you're looking for car advice, you know where to find me. Doing regular business hours. I'm available to you. If you need to make a decision and you need some help, I got your back. I want to talk about something this morning, folks, something that has been bothering me for some time. And again, from time to time, I have to address it because it seems to be forgotten. Every few months or so, we get a customer that... Um, Things that a signature on a legally binding contract doesn't mean anything. And I need to help you save some headaches. In the province of Ontario, there is no such a thing as a cool enough period when you purchase a motor vehicle. Let me repeat this. In the province of Ontario, there is no such a thing as a cool enough period when you visit an automotive retailing facility and you sign a bill of sale, which is a legally binding contract. In fact, right above the area where you sign that contract, it says all sales are final. Please review every single line, every single promise, every single detail of this bill of sale before you sign this document. Because the moment that you put your signature on that contract and the date, you own the vehicle. There is 
no way out. Unless you find the dealer doing something completely unethical, something that is not uh, representative, uh, representing the, the best interest of the customer. And you can prove that in court. You own that vehicle. And if you bought a vehicle at a dealership and then you went, continued to shop and you went and, and put a deposit somewhere else and signed another bill of sale, guess what, folks? You own two cars. The moment that you provide a dealership with a deposit, the moment you sign a credit application, the moment you sign a lease agreement in a, or a sales agreement, loan agreement for that matter, you own a vehicle. Now, at that point, if you choose to change your mind, you are also making a few decisions for the dealership. Traditionally, except for one car manufacturer that must not be named, they are the Voldemort of the car industry. I briefly worked for a brand that I am embarrassed I did. I didn't know any better, and now I do. And it's a scary place what happens at that brand, at, that brand, at those dealerships. Funny business is encouraged. It's recommended. What? It's 2022, folks. <laughs> they still do it. They live in the 70s. I'm talking about just regular car dealerships. You know, Korean, Japanese, German dealerships. When you walk into one of those facilities, most dealerships, I'm not going to say all, no such a thing. Just like never or ever, no such a thing most of those dealerships will have your best interests at heart. But the moment you walk in and you waste a salesperson's time, because most places still have commissioned salespeople, you spend two, three, four hours with a salesperson who does not get paid if you don't take delivery of that car. So you literally took food out of the mouth of this person's family. So you after, after you spend two, three, four hours with the salesperson and you go through the sales process, you give them your credit card, your driver license, your insurance company. You fill out a credit application. You sign the bill of sale. You take it home. You call on Monday and you say, uh, I talked to my friend and my friend says that whatever your friends says, I talked to my dad. What? I talked to my wife. Excuse me. You see, most dealerships will work on good faith. If you are an adult, if you are a responsible sentient adult that can make a decision for yourself because that's what happens in Canada after the age of 18. We trust that you can make a decision for yourself and you come into a car dealership and you sign a bill of sale. Guess what? That is the moment that you relinquish the right to cancel a transaction unless there has been some foul play and then it's easy enough. 
yelling at your salesperson or the sales manager or your business manager is not going to change the fact that you made a mistake. But the make the mistake was made before you came to the car dealership, not at the car dealership. The mistake was made when you decided to leave your house and you thought that you can make a decision like an adult and stick by it. You see, one of the beauties of coming from a third world country is that when you give your word about something, it, it actually means something. You know, I still remember just a few weeks back when, you know, Professor Luis, you know, my, my partner at the jiu-jitsu school came in and we looked at each other in the eye and we decided to shake hands and give each other a hug. Okay, in principle, we have a commitment. It didn't matter what was signed. I gave him my word. If your signature doesn't mean anything, do you mean anything? That's the question that you need to ask yourself. What's the point of signing a document if your signature doesn't mean a single thing? Imagine if the same thing happened when you get married. You sign in the dotted line saying, I do. She says, I do. And then and the next day you say, ah, you know, I changed my mind. Uh, no. <laughs> you own that decision. We'll pay for the next 18 years, but whatever. That's a different conversation. It's very, very important, folks, that this is understood. Because whenever somebody comes and see me, you hear me on the radio all the time. I'm a good guy. I know that some of the haters of the show may like to think that I'm not. And I love the haters of the show because they literally listen to the show for three straight hours. <laughs> uh, I love my haters. Love it. I love you. And you love me too. It's okay. I'm one of your dirty little secrets. <laughs> I'm a good guy. And I do not, I do not want my dealership to be something that happens to somebody. So I make it a very, very loud point at the store that the interests of the customer must be protected because if this ever goes sideways, will you be able to defend it in the media? Will you be able to defend it in court? Will that contract stand in court? So usually when somebody comes in and says, you made a mistake, mistakes happen. Sure. But that's not my problem. It's not the dealer's problem. It's your problem. And life isn't fair except the consequences of our actions. Sorry that I have to bring this back to marriage, but you know, how many of you have been divorced and you all know you made a mistake and you're still paying for it? And those are the consequences of the mistake that you made. So usually when I go and talk to a customer that has made a mistake in relation to their contract, or at least they were not thinking, or I don't know what happened to them, because I like to think that I'm dealing with adults whenever I'm selling a vehicle, at least when you're making a 20, 30, 100, $150,000 decision, I like to think that I have a full person in front of me. 
I always apologize and say the following. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry. And they always say, why are you apologizing? Because traditionally, I'm a nice person. And you're not going to like me at the end of this conversation. Because whatever you're asking me to do, the answer is no. An unemotional, a very logical, an objective, no. And there is no point in entering into any sort of conversation. And it doesn't matter that you cry, I'm sorry. A dealership is not a place that you go and cry. It's not, it won't help the outcome. And you'd be amazed as to oft, how often this actually happens. You know, I'll tell you a story, folks. And, and this, you think that car dealerships are a bad place? No, they're not. They're not. There's a lot of people just like you and I. Now, are there some bad apples? Sure. That happens in, in everything. You know, if you look at doctors in general, are there going to be some bad doctors? Sure. If you look at a political party, will there be some extremist, you know, factions? Sure. <laughs> if you look at car dealerships, are there going to be some uh, not so nice characters? Sure. But for the most part, most people are really nice. This was a long, long time ago. A few companies back, a customer had bought a vehicle from me, fully loaded. He bought everything in the business office, extended warranty, rush protection, everything. Um, I, I, we even sold them, at the time, were called bush grills, you know, those big metal bars that you put in the front of the car. By the way, if you want to talk to me and challenge me on this, call me, 289-275-9600 is a phone number. The best phone call of the day is going to get a set of AirPods. So this person bought the vehicle. We had it ready. We rust proofed it. We put tinted windows. We, we got the bush grail, step rails. We, we did everything to this. The day of the delivery, the customer showed up and said to me, Greg, I can't pick up the car. I said, okay, why? He said, a family member died in another country. And when they were alive, I promised I was going to go and look after things if this ever happened. And I said, I'm sorry to hear that. When are you flying out? He said, I'm flying out tomorrow. So you can't pick up the vehicle. When are you coming back? He says, I don't know. So I asked, does your family know when you're coming back? He says, no. Okay, so a person in another country died and you are abandoning your family indefinitely until you fix all their affairs until you come back. He said, yes. You see, at this point, I need to make a judgment call. So I said, no problem. I'll let you out of the deal under one condition. I want to see the death certificate of the person that passed on. The person looked at me, sat back on the chair, put his hands on his lap, smirked, and he said to me, all right, Greg, you got me. I'll take it home. <laughs> A piece of me died inside. Okay, Greg, you got me. This dude killed a family member trying to get out of a car deal. 
What? And you see, this is the thing that we we are bombarded with every single day. And whenever you think that you're dealing with a dealership that is not trying to help you, no, it's not it at all. It's that we have heard every single level of BS that could potentially come out of a human's mouth. So we got to the point that we don't believe anything anymore, and we just try to stay by the book. You see, contracts are in place when memory fails. Oh, I didn't buy that. Excuse me? Is that your name? Is that your address? Is that your signature? Yes. Yes, you did. I didn't know I was buying a car. Okay. You see this document here? Does it say lease agreement? Yes. Does it say financial agreement? Yes. Is that your signature? Yes. You bought a car. Contracts are there to refresh your memory after you come out of the climax of the weekend when you bought that vehicle that you were salivating about and then reality sat in. The reason why I'm talking about this this morning, folks, is because we need to start paying attention to the decisions that you make when you come into a dealership. You cannot do this to a store. You cannot go in there and leave your decision to your emotions and then blame the dealership because you made a mistake. Dealerships don't want to deal with this. That is the worst type of conversation that I could have with someone. Sorry, you made a mistake. This one cost you $60,000. What? <laughs> I don't want to say that to you. I shouldn't be saying that to you. Just like you shouldn't be making a $60,000 mistake. This is the reason why we teach people to think, to do the research, to set a budget before you leave the house. Because by the time you get into a dealership, it is your duty to remain within the boundaries of the parameters that you set before you left the house. Allow yourself a little bit of wiggle room because your budgets are not going to set straight. They're not going to fall on exactly at the spot that you want it. But the truth is this, the moment you sign a bill of sale, the vehicle is yours. There is no turning back. I want to know what's on your mind. Has this ever happened to you? 289-275-9600. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And until the end of the month, if you have good credit, of course, You may qualify for no payments for up to six months when you finance a used vehicle from Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. That is an offer and a half. The phone lines are open. Car talk will always take precedence. But if there is something else in your mind, if somebody is giving you a tough time, if somebody's bothering you in the elevator, If somebody cuts you off on the 403 or the 404 or the 410, 289-275-9600 is the phone number. You are listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. She tells me worship in the bedroom. The only heaven I'll be sent to is when 
just used the guitar to drown out my crappy voice, but that's okay. At some point you need to let your artistic expression just come out, and you can't help it. Like the stuff that I read to you guys early this morning, last night I, I had to put that out, I don't know, I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it, I just had to put that down. Whether it's simple, whether it's infantile, whether it sounds like a a third grader wrote it. I don't care. Sometimes feelings have a funny way to materialize themselves into the real world through a song, through a poem, through a painting, through a role in jiu-jitsu. It's fascinating what happens when you let your feelings flow. If you're just tuning in, you're one of the lucky ones. You listen... You're listening to one of the last free place, you know, spaces in Ontario for you to talk about whatever you want. On the other side of the hour, we're going to be talking about what it means to be Canadian. What does it mean to you? Are we Canadian enough? Do we have a national identity? Or is it something that we're missing? Are we so caught up in multiculturalism that we forgot what Canadian life, Canadian culture was all about? If we have, what do we need to do to recover that? Is it a mistake that we so fervently encourage people to remain tied to their roots? 
or is it that is it that what defines us as Canadians? I want to know what you think. I also want to know what you think of the embarrassment that our favorite dictator, <laughs> Justin Trudeau, <laughs> has had at the uh, at the European Parliament. <laughs> It's been a disaster. And nobody in Canadian media or mainstream media is talking about. All we hear is crickets. Nobody's talking about it. Is Canadian media that tied to the government that whenever somebody says anything against Comrade Trudeau, we hear nothing? I don't know. I want to talk about it. 289-275-9600. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. I want to know what's on your mind. Let's talk to Victor. Victor seems to have a problem with a car dealership. Victor, how can Carrasco make your life better this morning? Actually, Carrasco, you've made my life better. <laughs> I have it. You are clearly not talking to my exes. <laughs> well, I actually, I argue that I've always improved people's lives. You know, maybe I've taught them what not to do in the future. But anyways, talk to me. What's going on? I, uh, first of all, I'm feeling good today. I just got back from a pleasure trip. Nice. My mother-in-law to be support. Um, but um, so, uh, Craig, uh, uh, you, you keep uh, uh, emphasizing when you buy a vehicle to take the extended warranty. Of course. And uh, we purchased a, C a CRV mm -hmm. and a used vehicle, got the extended warranty. And Lord and behold, we had problems with the transmission took it in, I think it was like $3,400, $3,500, and there was two days left on the warranty. Mm -hmm. It was covered. And wow. it was amazing. So it, new, old, every vehicle we think of buying, always, always extended warranty, and thank you for that. That is part of the um, Carrasco gospel, Victor. Anyone that is buying a vehicle today that and doesn't get an extended warranty, you are playing Russian roulette with your money, and that's not a good thing. You see, an extended warranty is a condom in your sex life with a car. I, I know, I know. Just bear with me. Bear with me, folks. Not having one may have some mm, short-term benefits, but in the long term, I you're mean, going to thank me. Victor, am I right on this, yes or no? Uh, 110%. Also, Craig, um, <clears throat> Uh, you you mentioned somebody purchased a vehicle that changed their minds. Uh, my wife and I, we were in Orlando quite a few years ago. And while we were there, you know, you're feeling good, beautiful, et cetera. And so we were invited to an orientation uh, for timeshare. Yep. And went, I think they gave you like $25 to come. And sure enough, we purchased a timeshare. And believe it or not, two days later, I started thinking, is this a, that feeling? We shouldn't have made that purchase, et cetera. <clears throat> Looked at the lease or the agreement. We had one week to cancel, and we canceled it immediately. Mm -hmm. And that was a saving grace. But um, at the time, we thought it was right. But you know what? It wasn't. It wasn't at all. And it wouldn't have been going forward. But we had a week's note, uh, a week to change our mind, and we did. And we got our deposit back, and uh, everything turned out. 
Well, good for you, man. And uh, I'm glad that you had that clause. Uh, fortunately, um, and unfortunately, depending on which side of the equation you are, um, in, in Ontario, there is no such a thing. Because look at it this way. Most people look at it from the perspective of the consumer. You know, you buy a vehicle and uh, you can cancel it. You, can, you cannot cancel the transaction after you buy the car. You, you own the vehicle. But imagine if that contract didn't mean anything. Okay. And just like the customer could cancel the deal, the dealership could also cancel the deal. And you bought a vehicle, you're expecting to pick it up, and then an hour before you show up to pick up the vehicle, the dealership tells you, you know, sorry, we've changed our minds. We've sold it to somebody else for more money. Imagine what yeah. would happen. It would be a disaster. Would you agree with that, Victor? Exactly. But, Greg, you mentioned the the, 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 uh, <clears throat> the issue of condom. Uh, <laughs> on that subject, with respect to value, you know, I satisfy my wife. Oh my God! Please don't, no. don't, 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 don't! I, I, I don't want to know, <laughs> Victor. No, I, Victor, I, I, don't ruin it, man. Don't ruin it for me. We were having a good I, phone call. I come home from work every night, and I tell my wife I can't do tonight. She says I'm satisfied. <laughs> Victor, I'm sorry, dude. I can't. This is a family program. I cannot. I cannot be uh, part of your sex life. <laughs> that's just you. <laughs> oh, Victor, Victor, Victor. <laughs> oh, no. Folks, I don't want to know details of your sex life. This is not what this show is about. <laughs> oh, boy. 289 275 9600 is the phone number. The best call of the day is going to get a set of AirPods. We should have a caveat here. I don't want to know about your sex life. I'll talk about your relationships. Sure. We'll talk about your relationship with your car, your relationship with life, your relationship with the government, your relationship with your employer. I'll talk about that. But this is a family-friendly show. And I strongly encourage open dialogue. If you are a crazy anti-vaxxer, don't call me. I don't want to talk to you. If you are a crazy conspiracy theorist, sorry, I don't want to talk to you. If you believe that all billionaires should be taken out, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want to talk to you either. <laughs> if you think that we should all be communist, don't do it. Don't call. Although it would be a healthy sparring for sure. But we're trying to keep the show in the center. There are no answers in the extreme. Anything drastic is not sustainable, whether it's political, relationship, career-wise, nothing drastic is sustainable. And the answer is not in the extremes. The answers are right in the middle, except that the middle is changing these days. For the next two hours, we're going to leave the phone lines open. What do you think about this marriage between 
the Communist Party of Canada and the Socialist Party of Canada that were was announced this week on, on the media. Oh, for those of you that don't know that, the NDP and the Liberal Party. Um, what do you think of that? Do you think that uh, it's a good idea for Canadians to have a government in which was not elected because that partnership was not elected? I'm sorry. There is a reason why we have had a minority government and they circumvented the process. Now they're going to get privileges that they were not awarded by the people. And that vexes me in ways that I can't explain. Call me. I want to know what's on your mind. 289-275-9600. 289-275-9600. On the other side of the hour, we're going to talk about what being Canadian means. And we have a guest. We're going to have a healthy conversation. The phone lines are open. The best call of the day. We'll get a set of AirPods. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. They are the home of the no commission salespeople. And before you make any car buying decisions, you owe it to yourself to ask for our opinion. If you want to sell your car and get money for it immediately, bring it to me. I'll write you a check on the spot. If your lease is up, and you want to get some positive equity, I will buy your lease vehicle, whether it's a Nissan or not. That's right. I will give you money. And no, this is not the Russell Oliver of cars. Stop it. Stop it. Lex, take me to a short break and we'll be right back. What's up, sports fans? Forrest Griffin here, and I want you to check out the Greg Carrasso Show. Check him out. Greg and the gang. Uh, yeah, enjoy. It is time for Greg Carrasco! Kick it! Whoa, it's the Greg Carrasso Show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this right go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guest from the East Coast to the West. listening to the show like I always say on air you're one of the lucky ones you're breathing you're here we are here we are together you are not alone it doesn't matter how crap your week your month your year has been it can always get worse 
So rejoice, people. Rejoice that you are where you are at. Good. It's good. It can always be worse. Don't take it for granted. No matter how bad it is, don't take it for granted. You need to put yourself in a spot in which you are able to accept the moment. Live it. Taste it. Because as you get older, those are going to be the good old days. <laughs> and these are the good old days. I have my friend TJ here on the line. TJ, thank you so much for joining the show this morning, man. I'm, I'm super happy that you're here. How are you? Oh, good. Testing, you can hear me? Yeah, we can hear you, man. This is, this is great. You see, I can, I can, for the first time, see your handsome face. is <laughs> great. It's great. You know, I'll, I'll do a little bit of an introduction, folks. Um, uh, a few weeks ago, I was talking about religion and philosophy and, uh, and Buddhist, secular Buddhist dogma. And uh, I got an interesting phone call from TJ here. And uh, we got into, uh, into a discussion on air. And I promised him that I was going to call him after the show. And I did. Uh, and ever since we've touched base a couple of times, and we decided that uh, he was going to join me a topic this morning, and I'm super happy uh, to have you on air. TJ, TJ, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Who are you? Who is TJ? Who am I? Wow, that's a great question. Depending, it feels like a job interview all over again. But um, <laughs> great. I'm Toronto born, raised. Um, I. Uh, Moved right now in Milton. Moved out to Milton. The uh, significant other she won, and we're out in Milton now. So don't they always? <laughs> you know, that's life, right? That's probably uh, that cultural topic that I want to talk to you about. But um, uh, my background, I've quick. Uh, it's uh, I've it's various. Uh, so many different things I can explain. But one of the key points I think is my martial arts um, philosophy that I grew up with. Uh, yep. That kind of kept me out. Uh, big up Rexdale. That's where I'm born and raised and grew up. In there. Rexdale? Yeah. That's, that's where the hood, man. That is the hood. That you is know? one. That is one of them. I mean, you got Jane and Finch and you got Scarborough, right? So, Well, you know, when I, when I first landed uh, in Canada back in 1989, uh, I, I didn't fall too far from the airport. So I ended up in Rexdale. So <laughs> I lived at uh, uh, Finch where? and Kipling there, you know, close to the oh. Albion Mall. Uh, for a for a couple of years oh. and oh boy oh boy that uh, anyone that knows about the hood they know the so, panorama court and the Albion mall this was a disaster yeah. that's i was martin groven pinch <laughs> that's awesome man that's awesome you know then, it, you cannot live in those areas without growing as a human i mean it's, it's it's inevitable when you grow up in that that side of the world but put it like this. Uh, one of the things that we, uh, my crew, we grew up, um, you know, we grew up with the guns and the drugs, um, gunshot wounds, you know, stabbings and whatever. Yep. We weren't, we tried to not get involved with that stuff, but that's where the money was when you would grow up and you want a pair of Nikes and you can't get a job. Right. <laughs> but what happened was then a couple of kids came in, I think it was from Africa. Yeah. And they looked at us and like, that's a gun. I grew up when I was six loading AK 47s. We're like, what the hell? So that's what we realized as bad as we have it, it's probably worse than other places. I'm well, sure you can attest to that. In I, I, I can tell you this, that uh, the basis of unhappiness is comparison because nothing is good or bad 
until you compare it to something else. And uh, uh, it's something that I did often when I was younger. I tried to stay away from that. But uh, you see, I grew up in the ghettos of Santiago and that was scary stuff. I mean, there were people sniffing glue outside of my house. That's what I would have to get through or jump over in order for me to elementary school, to go to elementary school. So when I, when I landed here and I started to live in uh, Kipling and Finch, I thought, Man, this is like a high-scale neighborhood in Santiago, man. So I was in heaven at the time. Oh, my gosh. It, it kind of it follows me. Now I'm in, um, I've moved up. I, I started working in technology, cybersecurity, and uh, enterprise architecture type of stuff. And um, th- that growing up in that realm helped me learn to find, you know, uh, what do you call it? Hackers. Understand hackers a lot better. Mm-hmm. Social engineering, if you want to call it. So I took that in. So now that now I went through, you know, front line, first level, second level, third level. Now I deal with the executives. I'm shocked at their background. They, you know, they grew up different schools, never saw anything like that type of thing. So getting to understand their experience, their point of views makes it, um, you know, broadens your scope, broadens your understanding of this world. So. It, you know, it certainly does. And uh, b- before we uh, we start chewing on this on this topic that I want to launch out to the uh, uh, to the airways, um, I, I want to talk to Joe because we, we you know we have a rule on the show that it doesn't matter what the topic is. If somebody has a car question, I, I will address it on the mm-hmm. spot. And I know that sometimes that interferes with the flow of the conversation. But it's the price that I have to pay uh, for being an automotive executive. Now, folks, this hour uh, we're talking about what it means to be Canadian. What does it mean to you? Do we have a culture? Do we have something that that we can package out and, and show to the world and say, you know, this is what being Canadian is like? And uh, I want to know what you think. 289-275-9600. 289-275-9600. The best phone call of the day is going to get a set of AirPods. But before we go any further, I want to talk to Joe. Joe has a beef with unnamed dealerships put an extended warranty without asking for permission. So let's go ahead. Joe, how can I make your life better this morning? Yeah, hi. Um, I picked up uh, a vehicle this week, and I knew the warranty on it was three years uh, all through and then five years powertrain. Mm-hmm. And then when uh, when I talked to the uh, the business manager at, after the uh, everything was kind of settled, and he says, yeah, you got seven years warranty. I thought to myself, what the heck's going on here? I know I got five and three. No, none. I didn't mention anything about extended warranty at the time. I was thinking about doing it. I probably would have done it. But then they went ahead and did it <clears throat> without even asking me. Okay. And so so I got the bill of sale, bought it home, looked at, looked at it thoroughly, and as you know, ch- charged for two years warranty. Okay. Extended warranty. Meanwhile, this is a brand new car. Okay. No, he didn't. He didn't mention that the last time I bought a car from him, I got an extended warranty, but it was on a used vehicle, so that made sense. So now they go ahead and they charge me for two years, and now I'm going to go back and I'm going to tell him he never mentioned that thing at all to me, and uh, I'm not very happy with your business practice. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to tell my friends, all my friends, that what you did. How do you think I should have one? Well, it's an interesting question. Um, You know, I'll I'll share a little bit of it. I'm not going to take too long because I I really want to dive into this topic that that we have at hand right now. But uh, did you sign the bill of sale and take it home? 
I did. Okay, so you signed a bill of sale without reading it completely. Well, oh, no, hold on a second. Hold, Joe, I'm, I'm, I'm on your side. So, you know, just just bear with me. Yeah. You know, yeah. the, you, you've made some mistakes here. So did you sign the bill of sure. sale without signing it? I mean, without yeah. reading it, I, rather. Yeah. Okay. So well, you... I, you see, skim through, skim through. Yeah, but I mean, do you normally skim through contracts without reading them? Right, right. That's a big problem. Yeah, that's because you see, you got to remember that dealerships. Well, you know, some dealerships have a good practice, which is to give you a fully protected payment, and that's that's the term they coined, right? To give you a. A, a payment that has the warranties and the protection for the duration of the loan. It's not an uncommon practice. And then the customer sees, okay, I don't want this, I don't want this, I don't want this, and I don't want that, okay, and now I'll sign it. Then at that point, you come to some sort of a consensus. But, you know, I don't think that having an extended warranty on a new car is a bad thing. How, how long is your loan? No, no, I, I, I don't either. How long is your loan? Now it, oh, it's uh, six years. Six years. How long is the warranty? Seven. Seven years. So you are going to have an additional year worth of warranty after you pay off your loan. Right. The dealership did you a favor. You know, the number of people, Joe, that are driving vehicles right now, that have a payment, and next thing you know, the transmission falls out, and they don't have any recourse other than their bank account to pay for the repairs. Just like what happened to Victor at the beginning of the show. Two days before the extended warranty expired, his transmission broke. And it was covered by the warranty. I don't think it's a bad idea to have an extended warranty on your new car. So on the contrary, I would go back to your sales guy and say, "You look, thank you, because I missed it. So yeah, I, I think yeah. that, you know, sure. we, we often negotiate on principle, Joe. And, uh, you know, when you negotiate on principle, you're using your feelings to determine whether a right decision was made or not. And that's not what you should be using when you're buying a vehicle. I mean, the only lesson that needs to be learned here is that do not sign a contract that you haven't read because you have no idea how much you're giving up. But in this case, I don't think that you should take the extended warranty out. Maybe uh, it should have been disclosed. No, but no. Yeah, but maybe it was disclosed and it was on your bill of sale and you signed it. So I don't think that right. you're I don't think you're in a bad spot, Joe. Have the conversation with your dealer, but I would keep the extended warranty in there. I wouldn't take it out. Okay. No, no, exactly. Sure. Thank you so much for listening to the show, Joe. I really appreciate it. And I, I'm sure that the dealer is gonna be happy to hear of your decision because I think it's coming from the right place. Joe, keep on listening, man, and read your contracts. Thank you. Oh Greg? Yeah. Greg? Yeah. On the other hand, on the other hand, I grew up in Rexdale in the fifties and sixties, and it, it was a, it was a hood back then too. <laughs> oh, dude, man! You know, I I had no idea how bad the area was um, until I got out of there because I that was my that was my idea of Canada. And uh, you see, when I first landed here, uh, thank you so much for the phone call, Joe. I really appreciate it. Uh, TJ, you know when I, when I first landed here and uh, I started to live in that area, Kipling and Albion, I couldn't speak English yet. And, uh, I, you know, I'm not a big guy, uh, but I was at the time I was a scrawny little 140 pounder, but I was always scrapping. So one of my first jobs, um, I started to work at um, as a sewing machine operator downtown Toronto in a place called Supreme Quilting. It was right at the bottom of um, Queen in, uh, in Dufferin. So it was like an oh, hour and a half in the morning. I had to take the bus, you know, yeah. from Finch across to Dufferin and then the other one down. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, <laughs> a funny story here. I would always fall asleep. It was, it was early. I had to leave at five o'clock in the morning or so. And one, yeah. one day I was going down the Dufferin bus 
I was my face was pressed against the uh, the window frame, so I always ended up with a line on my face of sleeping against that window. And uh, one morning, I was woken up with some dude just grabbing my leg. <laughs> so I was asleep, so the guy was molesting me on the bus. <laughs> so those are those are new immigrant experiences. I was like 18 at the time, and uh, um, but you know I would take the bus, but at nighttime, TJ. Uh, I used to work as a bouncer at uh, a place called Las Brisas, which was a Spanish nightclub on Finch and Milvin, right on the other side of Western Road. And uh, all the all the all the crews, <laughs> all the clans from Jane and Finch and Jane and Shepherd would congregate at this Spanish club, and every single night. There was a scrap going on at that place. But, you know, that, you know, those were the early beginnings of Carrasco working as a bouncer. And I, I was always the little bouncer. So everybody wants to fight with the little bouncer. You know what? Do you know what I'm talking about? In the, one of the things you teach in martial arts training is when you're in a situation where you're facing um, multiple people, you pick on the smallest guy and you destroy him. Or the flip <laughs> side, you better watch out for the smallest guy. He's probably the most crazy. Yeah, if he has, you know, the person you never want to fight is the person that has nothing to lose. And if that small guy depends, right? So that's a gamble. Well, it was, uh, there were interesting times and I worked there for a couple of years. I, I worked at Las Brisas. I worked, I also worked at Hollywood uh, nightclub. It was on Jane and Shepard. And um, the, at, at one point, uh, somebody discharged a, you know, a gun in the bathroom at, uh, at Hollywood a nightclub. Uh, and uh, that was the night that I decided to just stop and, working because uh, I could run away from guys with machetes down Jane Street uh, <laughs> because, I, you know, I, I don't drink. So they were usually inebriated. And uh, when somebody is chasing me with a machete being dragged on the pavement, making sparks, mm. um, you know, this is this is crazy stuff that is not available to the general population here because you don't hear about it. You know, bouncers are a really interesting group of people. I made exactly. some very good friends that I'm still friends with. I mean, when you get into conflict with people and these are the ones that are that have your back, those people become friends of yours forever. But, uh, you know, you know, going back to this whole Canadian identity and the Canadian culture, uh, yesterday during our conversation, TJ, you were talking about disagreeing with me that Canadians have no identity. And um, I want to know... In your perspective, what do you think that being a Canadian means? What is the Canadian culture in your views? Oh, that's a great question because, you know, the subjectivity that comes with it, you know, can set off a lot of people there. But um, I'm first born generation Canadian. Um, Where are your parents from? My parents are from the West Indies. So okay. um, there's different countries out there from Jamaica, Trinidad, Guyana and stuff. Um, they... My mother's view was her journey started there. It's not where it's ending. Mm -hmm. So it kind of gave me, um, I'm more of a, I believe, child of the world. There's different cultures out there. So what I don't like is when I hear Canada doesn't have an identity. If you're comparing it to the Englands, the, the, the Chinese, the Indian, Russian culture, those things are ancient cultures. Mm -hmm. like thousands of years canadian culture is it's, it's an infant but it is a culture um i know you're familiar with uh shun Tzu's, uh you know art of war i don't know if you're familiar with miyamoto musashi's uh book of five rings of course we talk about yeah. on the show often oh my god okay so book of void right yeah the style of no style i i think 
with Canadians, it's more of um, your Canadian, what do you call it? In America, you're American first, and then you're Irish, American, African, American. It's a boiling, it's a boiling, um, what do you call it, boiling pot. For yep. Canadian, we try to keep that external identity, and um, then we're Canadian. I don't like that concept, but that's the way it feels like. You know, I'm going to stop you here for a second, because that's my beef with the Canadian system. And, uh, you know, I, I want to discuss this because I, I do believe it's important. We're going to take a short break, folks. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show that doesn't like to talk much about cars. But we're talking about what it means to be Canadian and whether you are okay with multiculturalism or maybe we should have more of a nationalist, you know, national identity that we don't seem to really have. I want to know what your thoughts are. 289-275-9600. We are live. Today is Saturday. It's 920 in the morning. 289-275-9600. Call us. Lex, let's take a short break and we'll be right back. What's up, guys? This is Vito Belfer. And you are listening to one of the toughest guys on air. Greg Carrasco Show, man. Congratulations on your show. I wish you all the best. Toronto, stay safe out there. God bless you, man. This is Vito Belfer, the phenom. Ready to strike. Let's go. You're listening to Greg Carrasco. We are the last free place for you to talk about whatever you want. This morning, we're talking about what does it mean to be a Canadian? A Canadian. What does it mean to be a Canadian? Everybody tells me, oh, I am Chilean Canadian, Italian Canadian, Polish Canadian, Russian Canadian, you name it, Filipino Canadian. So let me ask you a question, okay? And this is, you know, I, I know many of you are going to cringe with the question. If Canada went to war with the country that your heritage is from, who would you fight for? You see, when people ask me, what are you, Greg? There was not even a second thought on this. I'm a Canadian. I'm not something, something Canadian. I'm a Canadian. That's it. End of story. I was born somewhere else. But you see, I may argue that I am more Canadian than most because I'm Canadian by choice. Mm-hmm. Many people were born here, and that makes it a matter of circumstance. 
It's like if you were born in Saudi, you would have been Muslim. If you were born in Chile, you're probably Catholic. So your religion is nothing more than circumstantial. <laughs> TJ, would you agree with that statement? <laughs> you know that. You know how that works. It, uh, you know how that works. You know, before we go any farther, we have Mary on the line. Mary wants to talk about what being Canadian is all about. Folks, if you have a say in the matter, call me, 289-275-9600. I know that it's not Canada Day yet, but it's important because I think that today we seem to be forgetting what being a Canadian is. 289-275-9600. Mary, what does it mean to be Canadian to you? Oh, hi. I really enjoy listening to you. Thank you. And um, I, with the other radio stations, uh, they're so biased and don't talk about things. I, uh, I, I'm i starting to turn them off, and I won't mm. mention them, but they're two major ones in Toronto. <laughs> and uh, what it means to be a Canadian, uh, we've lost it. Um, um, I, Whoopi Goldberg in the United States, uh, no matter what we think about her or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, with what remarks that she says and everything, she is first of all an American, mm -hmm. and then she mm -hmm. and she doesn't consider herself colored. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I understand. Um, I, and I, she, uh, and but a lot of people when they come here, I'm, I'm uh, whatever. Canadian. Um, well, I could say I'm English Irish Canadian. Mm -hmm. I'm second generation um, uh, on my mom's side. Mm -hmm. On my other side, my dad, I'm seventh generation Irish. They came over in the potato famine. So, uh, mm -hmm. and whatever. But no, um, Canada, Canada's changed. And of course, but I mean, Mary, someone, Mary, I, I, if I can interrupt yeah. you, if, if you allow me to, but I mean, change is inevitable. And uh, when, when we are no. in, in the most underpopulated country on the planet and, and the, the doors of our nation are open, wide open to immigrants from other countries, when they come here, there will be an influence yeah. that takes place. And that is inevitable. Uh, now, That's right. and uh, I don't think that there is anything wrong with that because I didn't come from here. I, you know, I'm, many people think that I am that I'm too dramatic when they when they hear the passion that comes through the airways when no. I speak in the morning. But mm -hmm. I mean, that's not a typical Canadian thing. You know, it's something that right. we inject from other nations. Uh, was there ever a Canadian identity? I, that, that, well, good question. Good question. I, maybe it's the indigenous. But no, I'm not against anything like that. The, the main issue are <laughs> who make me really tired are the politicians. Yep. They're the ones that they do things, legislation and everything. What they think that the citizens of Canada need. and they, But they don't ask anybody or they don't have any meetings or anything like that. Um, I've seen Canada change. I'm a young senior. Um, my country, I love my country. I have a lot of friends from around the world and everything. Uh, I don't look at people's color. I don't look at where they came from. I look at how you treat me. If you treat me like whatever, oh, no. Man. But I believe in people coming in. Yes. I'm not a, my, my grandparents came over here, you know, but I think it's uh, Justin Trudeau. I don't even want to say his name. <laughs> uh, Trudeau's father made it be that people could come over and hyphenate. The way his father sort of changed things 
But, you know, a lot of people do say I'm this, but I'm Canadian. And I agree with you with regards to that. You know, Mary, thank um, you. Mary, I, I, you know, thank well, you. So I just, I just want to say I just want to say something about yep. Rexdale. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, my my girlfriend, that, my my girlfriend that, that lived on the street with me, and that her uncle, that Rexdale Rex, was her uncle's first name. He built a lot of that area, so I know somebody that's wow. famous. But I need to come <laughs> down and see you sometime, and um, you know, with regards to a used or a new car. And, Come um, and see me. We, we are here for you, Mary. But, you know, thank you. Thank you so much for the phone call. I really appreciate it. Yeah, That's love- a, sorry. Thank you, Mary. <laughs> I, I think that we lost her there. But, uh, you know, it's um, it, it's interesting. And I mean, the question to you, TJ, is like, was there ever a Canadian identity? Uh, something that we can, you know, sell the immigrants that come here that uh, we can all adopt as our own? Uh, or is it that uh, not having an identity, what being Canadian is? You hit it on the head there with the Book of Five Rings, with the Book of Void. Not having a style is a style. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do it that way, it makes it very hard to distinguish, but it is there. Uh, two quick points there for you, Greg. You went to war. I'll do you one different. We're going into soccer. No offense to my Italian brethren and all that, but yeah. Italy's out. I don't know if you follow soccer or if you're a fan, a passion of that sport. Canada's in. So my wife is British. I know her entire group, her entire family that's here are going to support the British over the Canadian group. I, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say that before I get kicked out. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the friend, you know, I think uh, that you should throw out to your to your um, fan base there. Well, who would you support? Look, soccer, you know how big that is. Yeah, Canada's in it. If we was a, if there's a Canadian culture, we're, we should be supporting that can, the Canadian Cup first, uh, the Canadian team. You well, know, Americans... You see, that, that's, that's the problem. I think that that is the problem, that... We in I said it before on the show that uh, Canadians don't have an identity. Canadians don't know who they are. The only thing they know is that they're not Americans, as if being an American is a bad thing. And, uh, you know, whenever you go down south and you see American flags everywhere, Everywhere. I think that it it is illegal for you to wave another another flag in the U.S., isn't it? I sometimes want to, you know, when we travel through there and I see all those flags, I get worried that they forget where they are. Like, how do you not know that you're in America? I, it just, it's insane. But speaking of flags, my wife, when she came over from Britain in uh, the mid, late 90s, she uh, went to high school in uh, Brampton. Mm-hmm. And she was shocked that when she would walk around, um, this is more for our West Indian culture, all the different cultures would wear their Jamaican flag, their Guyanese flag, their Trinidadian flag. And she sat there as a Brit saying, what's wrong with all you guys? Over in the UK, we're Italians. We're all, we're all whatever we are, mm-hmm. but we don't need to separate like that. So that was my, um, from her point of view, Canadians don't have a single, um, what do you call it? That single point to draw us together, a national brand. Like when the Raptors won the, the championship, that kind of brought us close. Right. Well, it seems like, uh, you know, great triumphs or great tragedies are the only things that have the power to bring us together. But as we glide through life, live in our daily lives, we thrive on separation. We thrive on divisions. We thrive on we thrive on on what makes us different as opposed to what unites us. And that's my problem with multiculturalism. You know, I, I 
you know, Mary brought something very interesting here uh, to the table. I, I was a, okay, I'm, I wasn't a fan of his policies. Uh, and I need to preface this by saying it. Uh, I was not a fan of Pierre Elliott Trudeau's policies because I do think that he, uh, he was the beginning of what we see today um, as the division that we have in the country. But at least he was an intellectual he could defend his positions in an eloquent way in which you can have an argument. And you know, at some point, he may have convinced enough people that this was the right thing to do. The problem is this, that when you celebrate the difference, you forget about the similarities. And the truth is that what make, unites us as a nation is what makes us similar, not what sets us apart. You know, if you were to describe Canadian culture, how would you describe it when you go back? It's like, okay, there are people from all over the world. All right, I'm one of them. But I mean, in my home, I would never fly any other flag than the Canadian flag. And that is, that is it's a given, that is a promise. But why is it that we thrive so much on the division? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Well, last night um, in Milton, we have a couple bars um, in Milton. I don't want to drop their names or anything, but I walked in to pick up some, um, it was an Irish bar. I wanted to get some pub grub. I walked in, uh, they're clearly Canadians behind the bar. The owners were Persian. Um, a couple Asian groups walked into small parties and in the back where they have a party room, there is, I'm pretty sure there's Arabic uh, in the back there um, because they're speaking Arabic, uh, Saudi and Middle Eastern, having a party back there. That's in an Irish bar in Canada, in Milton, and they're all driving. There's jazz playing and went to hip hop and went to different mm -hmm. music and everybody was together. That I would like to say is, I've posed to you, that's, that's how it works. That's how it should work. Well, you know, I, I get a comment here from Instagram. Alex Green says, to me, being Canadian means acceptance of others. But I mean, yeah, I, I get that in the general sense. He also says accepting people from anywhere and any background that wants to come together and live in freedom and opportunity. Now, I, I'm, I'm, mm. Alex, I, conceptually, I agree with you. I, I just don't know uh, if you living in freedom is something that you can describe the Canadian political environment these days. So we, we can we can disagree on that one. But uh, accepting others, I mean, you need to be a psychopath in order for you to not you know, are we being like super obvious on this? I, in my opinion, I don't think the Canadians believe that nationalism is a good thing. We have mm -hmm. been convinced that having a national identity is something that the far right, uh, you know, pushes forward. When the reality is that mm, I'm not. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not. In fact, when it comes to social issues, I am as liberal as they come. It's just when, when it comes to fiscal and, and, and monetary policy is where my conservative aspect comes into place. But most people think that being nationalist, that being a Canadian, the wave that Canadian identity flag is part of the extreme right of white supremacy and that sort of nonsense. Uh, and, and, you know, it seems like Anyone that disagrees with the notion that we should have a, a more solid Canadian identity is considered to be part of an extremist group. Do you? I'm asking you, TJ. Do you think that that is that is something that we should that that we should fall under? Do you think that that is an actual valid point? When the look at when the truckers um, came up, those Canadian flags. 
Uh huh. Like I grew up. Uh, so in the seventies, I was in Rexdale. We went to Mississauga for in the eighties. I grew up. I was probably much one of two colored kids. So I faced racism daily for a good ten years before I went back to Rexdale again. So I do have my um, views on that. That that, that whole nationalism and um, it's it, it does get confusing. There's um, you're right. It's not an easy answer, but we need to start something. And this conversation is a great place to start building that. Well, what is it? Define it. And um, I get it. There's, there's a there's a thin line between nationalism um, being good or bad. You know what I mean? Like describing it. Um, like for a quick thing, my sensei, he has uh, he's writing. He's into all sorts of things. And he's writing um, uh, a movie. He's planning to promote and all that. And one of the lines in this movie, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the term intersectionality, yep. that whole diversity inclusion that's happening. Yep. One of his lines in the movie is that um, you can't, life's an equation, right? If you want to change the outcome, you better change the inputs type of thing. And one of the points are you can't divide and add at the same time. So if you need to identify someone, identify everyone, like if you want to, if you want to at, at the offices, you want to, identify all the national holidays and celebrate them you're right that how are you going to do that if you can't it's too much you got to leave somebody it, out you're going to end well, up excluding someone. but look at it this look at it from another perspective if you look at it from the machiavellian standpoint you need to divide and conquer so the best way to control the population is by dividing them and you divide them into the lowest common denominator, which is ultimately becomes the individual. So from that perspective, you know, we are being dominated in a way that we don't even know. Because now all you need to do is to appeal to the special interest group or to the different ethnicities. And next thing you know, you create a whole yeah. idea uh, of a hierarchy in which it, it defies all the principles of the civil rights activists, which didn't want to see color. They didn't want to see frontiers. They didn't want to see classes. And now that's all we talk about. Right. If you prick me, do do I not bleed? If you tell me a joke, do I not laugh? That uh, Merchant of Venice thing, like we're all human. You, that whole divide and conquer thing, you're hitting it that way. But it, people, what's a, I use it at work. If, if everything's a priority, nothing is. To be unique, if everybody's unique, then no one is. Well, so do you think that maybe that's the problem to begin with? Is that, you know, our society, especially through social media, has convinced that everyone is a fragile little individual snowflake that you are so so special yes. when i'm sorry you're not <laughs> you are not special you deserve nothing you are entitled to nothing and if you start looking at the world from that perspective maybe uh maybe your emotional problems won't be so influential in the world around you but i mean you know it's, Speaking strictly from a from a Canadian identity standpoint, I, I do believe that the time has come for us to be united somehow. Right now, there is division everywhere. And I can tell you this, the current government has done nothing to unite the country. Nothing, nothing on the contrary. I mean, we, we continue to see division. I, You know, after the 32 years that I have been in the country, TJ, I have never seen my Canada as divided as it is Today, I mean, it's divided to the point that we are not even allowed to have a conversation. This is the reason why I left my previous network, because I wanted to have this open conversations about anything that's relevant. I mean, talking about when you need to change the oil on your car next time is boring. Folks, come on, man. It's either six, eight or 15,000 kilometers. End of story. <laughs> but 
how do we unite Canadians? I mean, that's a question that I want you to think about because we need to take a very, very short break. Lex, um, we're going we're gonna to break now. Folks, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are the home of the no commission salespeople. And before you make any car buying decisions, you owe it to yourself. You need to make it down. The only thing I ask is bring me a coffee. I don't care about your feelings. So you also need to bring a pretty thick skin because what I'm going to tell you, you may not agree with. But that's okay. Because I do not confuse nice with good. I'm not that nice. I just try to be good. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Been traveling these wide roads for so long. My heart's been far from you. Ten thousand miles gone. Oh, I want to come here and... Hi, guys. This is Roberto Alomar. And you are listening to the one and only The Greg Carrasco Show. If you just tuned in, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show, broadcasting from the last station that allows us to speak our mind without any corporate restrictions that says, no, you can't say that. No, you can't say that. No, you can't say that. No, 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 no. It doesn't mean that I want to use that power, but I want to know that it's available to me. That's the beauty of having honest conversation. And today we're talking about what it means to be Canadian. I had a caller a few weeks ago that uh, struck a chord. And I thought, hmm, this guy's got a delicious brain that I need to squeeze on air because interesting conversation is something that we need to have. And from time to time, we get super important and inspirational people that call the show. And my good friend, Nav Batia, the super fan, is online. Nav, handsome, you are bigger than Canada right now. How are you? Hey, thank you, Greg. Thank you for... Uh, I just wanted to say hello to you and welcome to my city, Mississauga. This is my, <laughs> this is my city. And, uh, you know, that's where we treat everybody good. Well, you know, listen, I... Um... The, the the radio station is uh, is owned by a Punjabi family, and uh, my boss is uh, is a woman who is just amazing at what she does. And uh, I am super happy to be in this independent radio station in which we can actually have real conversations. And folks, uh, Nav Bhatia is a super fan. I don't need he needs no introductions. But uh, if you're looking to buy in a Hyundai, there's only two places that you need to go: is Mississauga Hyundai and Rexdale Hyundai. That I believe right now is Rexdale the largest Hyundai store in the country, uh, Nav. Greg, you forgot one thing. If you are looking for a Hyundai, I'm their guide. And also, it's not just two locations. It's Mississauga Hyundai. Oh, it's yes. Hyundai, and it's Hyundai. That's right. <laughs> and I believe there is another yeah. one coming down the pipeline. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know that. I, just, I get a call from Hyundai president and he says, now nah, take over this. And I go, you got to, you know, and that's what I, I got, Sheetsville, about a year ago during pandemic. 
Uh-huh. And with God's grace, it's coming along good. We have done a lot of renovations there. It's still under renovation with the new image, you know, Greg. Of course. And, uh, you know, yes, and you are right. Rexdale is the number one retail dealer in the country right now. Wow. What a change from 10 years ago when they used to do 300 cars only, and now we are pumping over couple of thousand cars there, even during the pandemic. It is unbelievable what you've done, not only with the stores, but what you've done for Hyundai as a brand. And I was lucky enough to be one of your, I wouldn't say competitors, but I was one of your colleagues for four or five years. And uh, we did a bunch of uh, marketing campaigns together, and uh, I'm, I'm lucky that I can call you a friend. But, uh, you know, a question for you now. We're talking this morning about this, this whole idea of a national identity. What does it mean to you, the superfan, to be a Canadian? Uh, it's an amazing. This tells you that Canada is the place. Canada is the country. We are blessed to be in the best country in the world. And I usually say if there is a heaven on earth, it's right here in Canada. And I'm so proud. To be a uh, to be a Canadian, and you know what? Where else you get an opportunity? You come here 30 years ago with nothing, only the hope and hard work, honest hard work, and here we are. You know, uh, being called the super fan, being getting the being the grand marshal of the biggest sports parade in the world, and then to get the players ring in any sports, nobody ever has gotten a, a ring. A, 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 which the players get for the championship mm-hmm. and then to be the first one with God's blessing you know it only happens here that you are a, in the Hall of Fame the first one to be in the Hall of Fame so that only happens in you know in Canada and then you know there is a movie which came last year uh, Super Fan in December which was uh, which is now playing on CBC Gem and the story about uh, my journey and uh, anybody who's listening and uh, who wants to be inspired, that movie speaks a whole lot, Greg, about everything, how I came, why I came, and where I am today. So, And that opportunity only is available in Canada. You know, Nav, I'll tell you this. A lot of people don't understand that uh, amongst dealerships, yeah, you know, we we may potentially compete at some point, but for the most part, uh, dealerships are are normal people like like you and I that uh, live in our communities that that try to support the people around us, that hire people that live uh, within our cities. And... uh, you know, you have always been, for me, a giant source of inspiration. You know, when I grow up now, I want to be just okay. like you. Unfortunately, <laughs> you are far better looking than I am, and I could never live up to your handsome standards. But TJ, you know, I have a guest on the show here now. TJ, do you have any questions for the super fan? Because, uh, you know, I, I know that you met him at a game once, and mm-hmm. it would be interesting to see if you have a question for him. Well. To the super fan, you, um, you thank you for saying all the good things. You well, know. Hold on, Nav. Nav, uh, TJ has yeah. a question for you. TJ, okay, okay, TJ, go ahead, shoot at me. Sure, for actually, it's both to you and Greg. As, TJ, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Ah, just both of you coming. I, TJ, I yeah. cannot hear you. I uh, just speak a little bit louder, TJ. That's all. All right, um, Nav, great to meet you. Um, I wanted to ask no, both I'm of you. I'm not able to listen to uh, hear him at all. I'm you, not able to hear him. You know, maybe, I mean, uh, what we can do is that, TJ, I can, I can hear you. So please just go ahead okay, and ask the question, right. and I'll repeat it to Nav on the other side. Do you think that both you, you, you and Greg, Nav and Greg, coming from um, not being born here gives you uh-huh. that different drive than someone that's been born here that doesn't know 
what it's like outside of Canada. Uh, you know, what, what TJ is asking here, uh, Nav, is that for people like you and I that come from another country, if, uh, if people that were born and raised here, do you think that they know what the, the sort of drive that we need to have to be able to make it in another country? Because, you know, we know what it's like being somewhere else. You know, I, I think that this is a good segue into uh, and people watching your movie because, uh, you know, if, if you're looking for inspiration, look mm. at home. That, uh, how long did it take you to make that movie, Nav? Well, the movie, I didn't make it. The producer, the CBC produced it, and it took them, you know, they gathered all the things. It took them a year and a half or two years, and it has been considered to be the most watched documentary. And it's still anybody who wants to watch, and I tell you, I'm not saying because it's movie based on me, but because I didn't know, I was not a part of the content, uh, to give them any influence them in the movie. Because they did, they had the independent directors and producers, and they just went through my journey for two years, and uh, they saw and caught everything. And let me tell you, that movie, when I first saw, a few days before the premiere of the movie, it, was, uh, it moved me, and people are telling me, off the street, hey, we are watching that movie two or three times, and it makes us cry. So that tells you, I think that's the story about Canada. That's the story about coming to this country with nothing with only a, a, a hope to be very good and make it and work hard and honestly, and you do it. And Greg, you know me. I came. I was. I was a. I started being a cleaning toilets, cleaning cars, cleaning as a lord boy. I know. A salesman, yeah. and that's where the story started, Greg. And uh, you know, this happens only in Canada, and that's the story. That's the. That's why I tell. Be proud to be a Canadian. Because Canada gives us all the opportunity. Now, and that's where I am. I'm, go, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. So I'm just saying is, you know, if you see this movie called Superfan on CBC Gem on the documentary, it will tell you the whole story, I think, about the inspiration. If somebody needs to be inspired, I think this movie will do you a lot of inspiration and you will be a different person. That's what I've been told by a lot of people. So I think... Uh, uh, ask your listeners to watch this movie and then call you back and say, talk about this movie that this really inspired them. Yes, I mean, we are in the right country. We have the, you know, what's going in the world. We are still doing well. You know, Greg, you know that we had this pandemic. The car business has been affected a lot. But, you know, we are, we are still doing well as compared to what's going in the world. Indeed, and you know this is this is what I can uh, can tell you now. Uh, for those of you that are just tuning in, you're listening to uh, the Greg Carrasso show here with my good friend Nav Batia, the super fan who is larger than life. Uh, you know why don't we, um, you know, reserve not next next uh, weekend, the following weekend, for you to come down here on the show for an hour, and uh, I'm going to watch the movie, and we can discuss it at length. Um, you have a permanent invitation here to the show, Nav. Uh, what you've done with yourself, what you've done with your dealerships, what you have done with the community is something that uh, we can only look up to and uh, and be proud of that we live in a place in which this is even possible. Uh, I, I thank you profusely. Uh, for for calling the show nav and uh we uh i'm gonna call you after the show so we can set up a time in which we can come down here and talk about this because it is inspiring yes. it is important and folks if you're looking for a hyundai or a genesis there are three places as i was uh, corrected streetsville hyundai mississauga hyundai and rexdale hyundai right now and where are your genesis stores nav well you know greg i mean uh 
you have been a big part of Hyundai for a long time, and uh, uh, you know uh, you know that we got the three Hyundai stores, and uh, Hyundai is a very good product. We both, like you said, we were competitors. Yeah, maybe, but more than that, we were also collaborators together. You know, we did a lot of. Uh, we did lot of uh, marketing together, and I think that uh, a lot of dealers were upset that Greg and now <laughs> are joining together as a powerhouse. <laughs> hey, listen! But, I, I it was uh, it was one of the uh, one of the, the the greatest memories that I've had in my career just to work with you because we uh, we put together over seventy commercials that we did now uh, that we wrote yeah. them all we acted them all and uh, it was one of the best campaigns that I've ever been part of. But uh, you are welcome to come on the show anytime now. The you have an open invitation. Thank you so much for calling the show. Yeah. Greg, I want to just tell you, yes, we did produce a lot of uh, advertisements and they preferred me in the television uh, advertisement <laughs> and they had you in the radio advertisement and I'm not, going to, I'm not going to tell the listeners why was the reason for that, you know. But, uh, but my Genesis stores, my one Genesis store is uh, in Square One, Mississauga. It's the biggest store in Canada. I have the biggest Hyundai store in Rexdale. Mississauga is not that far behind. So Mississauga and Rexdale are the top two stores, Hyundai stores in Canada. And Genesis, if you're looking, anybody's listener is looking for a Genesis, we are at Square One. It's a boutique store. And next year in January, we are building that another store right next to my Hyundai store in Mississauga Auto Adam Mills Auto Mall. And the Oakville store is going to become on a in the next year, we have the rights for Oakville. Greg, you know that. Yes. You were a, uh, you helped me in that. And uh, we are right there in, uh, we'll be opening one big mega store, Genesis store in Oakville on QEW. That's so, awesome. Thank you very much, Greg. Thank you very much, Greg, for having me. And I, I, it won't be complete if I don't talk about my Raptors. Everybody who's <laughs> listening right now, guys, I know, I know you guys didn't have much uh, faith in our young team this year but you know i'm telling you i told you four months ago to everybody to the media that don't give up on us we are going to surprise everybody and i'm still telling you we are going to be in the playoff very well placed and just keep supporting the raptors and go raptors go <laughs> thank you now <laughs> folks that was Navbati, my good friend. We're going to take a short break. TJ, don't go anywhere because we need to finish our conversation. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity and, and, and inspired by uh, Nav. Oakville Nissan is the largest Nissan store in the country in Oakville, Ontario. And Oakville Infinity is the largest Infinity store in the country in Oakville, Ontario. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. What's up, everybody? This is Randy Couture, and if I'm not beating people up, I'm listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Give it a listen. Take care. It is time for Greg Carrasco! Kick it! Whoa, it's The Greg Carrasco Show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this right go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guests from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has met? Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb Tens of thousands on his lawn He's even followed by your mom what? Broadcasting live 
here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a Dow stock. Movie talk on a boardwalk. Shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up the station. There's no more waiting. The show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host, Greg Carrasco. And we're back. You're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show, Canada's phrase the people's republic of canada's largest automotive radio show <laughs> and out of the blue the awesomest people call this show that was my friend nav batia he's a he's an avalanche of positivity and good vibes that guy is something else man you know i remember you know watching his commercials when i was at, working at 401 dixon east love him you know If you have never heard of him, you must live under a rock. He is the perfect self-promoter. I love it. I love it. Every time I talk to him, he's like, wow, look at all the stuff that he's done. You know, I you, you met him at a, at a game, no, TJ? Yep. Got to shake his hand. <laughs> you know, I uh, yeah, that's what most people say. You know, when you go out with him, I've gone out with him a couple of times. It's, it's, it's quite a trip. Uh, because, you know, from time to time, people will recognize me from my ads and from the radio show and whatever. They come up and take a picture, and it's super cool. But when now it's around, it's like, uh, I am insignificant. <laughs> I'm nothing more than a peon. I'm a plebe. <laughs> I, I could very well be his keychain. And uh, <laughs> I, I could pose as his bodyguard, maybe. <laughs> but uh, I'm not big enough to be his bodyguard. He is, um, yeah, it's quite an experience to go out with him, but... You know, it's fascinating to see how much this little car empire has grown. Um, in every time I talk to him, he's got more dealerships, and and it's great. As a as an immigrant community, is 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 great to see that this sort of opportunity is available to us. And you know, I, I share this with you, TJ. Considering that at the age of twenty five years old, I still couldn't speak English, uh, and now you hear me here on the airways. Um, you know, we've come a long way, man. <laughs> we've come a long way. You know, I have uh, Nick here that is my, um, he, he is my call screener and, and helper. You know, I was, how old are you now, Nick? Uh, 23. 23. So I was older than Nick when I started to speak English. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it's crazy. Now, it, you know, believe it or not, uh, TJ, when I, when I first moved to Canada, uh, when I started working as a sewing machine operator downtown Toronto, uh, most of the people that were working at that place were from Trinidad, from Guyana, and from Jamaica. My grandfather was a tailor. Yeah, it was rough, man. It was rough. <laughs> Especially since I couldn't speak English. I didn't know what to say or how to ask for things. The number of fights that took place in the bathroom, man, is it was insane. <laughs> so, you know, right now, what I want to do is that I want to, I want to toss a topic here. And folks, if you have something to say this morning, this hour is the lower of the grievances. So if you have something to complain about, I'm, I'm your man. You can call 289-275-9600. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. If somebody's bothering you, if somebody just got you vexed, 
this is a number to call, 289-275-9600. Um, I, I want to toss a couple of things out there to you, TJ, and Nick at the same time. Number one, what do you think of the embarrassment that has happened at the uh, European Parliament with uh, Comrade Trudeau getting slammed by leaders from around the world uh, and um, you know being called out, and we don't hear anything in Canadian media? This is not being reported. I mean, this is... This is a pretty big deal in the world stage, I mean, outside of the People's Republic of Canada right now, uh, that I happen to still love. And uh, all we hear from mainstream media is, is just crickets. That's, that's all we hear. No one is reporting this. How do you guys, uh, TJ, how do you feel about this? Well, I have a lot of family out in Europe, too. So mm -hmm. I hear different perspectives. Um, Sometimes I feel like I have to defend Canada. Part of me is I like to believe I'm a child of the world. So um, you're really hitting it. You're hitting on a touchy topic there. Um, media, who controls the media? They all have um, an agenda, right? So if you're asking what that agenda is, um, that's a difficult question. But I agree that something, I don't want to say the truth, but something's not being said uh, objectively, not clearly. And... Uh, I, not that I'm saying I'll support Trudeau or I'm not getting into all that, but it not being clear to the to the world, to the public that you see it, I would say, um, how do you know that there's, you know, what's the old saying? There's two, there's three sides to the story, their side, your side, and the truth. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's the truth that you, that they're hearing? Well, you know, I think it's a, it's, it's an interesting conversation because, you know, one of the things that I, I saw this week is that everyone that was criticizing openly uh, mm -hmm. the actions of the Canadian prime minister in the world stage, they were immediately discarded and vilified as right wing. Because if, he, if being a conservative right now is you being a villain, you being bad. And this whole notion of vilifying an entire segment of the population is something that is dishonest. I cannot get behind. Um, what are your thoughts on this one, Nick? You know, I, I think it, um, it speaks volumes, you know, the fact that, I mean, I did watch a video where there was a um, European, uh, a member of the European par Parliament from Germany, I can't remember her name, but who was, you know, in volumes, you know, basically condemning Trudeau and speak and just going on, you could say, a rant about her feelings. And I feel like, at least in my, you know, lifetime or, you know, in, in my time following politics, I've never seen, um, you know, uh, like members of other countries openly criticizing a, like a foreign prime minister to this extent. And it just goes to show you, like, and you're right, you know, I um, this wasn't reported in mainstream media um and also that you know it, it was just it was someone like it was just an individual person an independent person who uploaded it to youtube mm -hmm. and you know i like to watch all kinds of political videos regardless of you know really of what side it's from because even though i lean to the liberal side personally i like to hear different perspectives and see what's going on um but yeah the fact that you know there was someone from germany you know a politician from germany speaking so openly against trudeau i've never i can't remember that ever happening before and it shows that i think he's lost respect in our country and 
uh, and abroad. Well, you know, it it wasn't only people from Germany. There were a bunch of other representatives in the European Parliament that were going at him hard. The only difference that uh, that specific person made the news is because it was said in English. Because there was a bunch of other videos that were dubbed, there were subtitles talking about how they feel in relation to what is going on in Canada. And we are not listening to them. But, you know, I got a really troubling message, uh, TJ, on, on Instagram this week. Because I posted that video on my Instagram account and uh, somebody wrote that member represents the AFD, an extreme right wing party primarily situated in the former East Germany. They attract because that's what they say now, right? They attract mm-hmm. neo-Nazis and other fringe groups. I don't know what's happened to you, Greg. That's what this person says, as if something has happened to me because I'm trying to exercise some critical thinking. But you you someone as well read as you, I can't believe that you're using an extremist pariah to make a political point against our prime minister. So, you know, th- this is, a, and I need to read this out loud because it's important. This is the response. I said, you know, that's, that's an interesting comment that you just made. This extreme pariah is representing Germany at a very important assembly. And that is the point of posting the video. You know, I don't know her. I don't know her political views or the people you claim that her party attracts. I don't know, nor I care. Whenever the left tries to discredit someone's position these days, they always associate their viewpoints with neo-Nazis, and I'm not okay with that sort of exchange. To name a few, Professor Jordan Peterson, Maxime Bernier, or the trucker convoy, to give you an example, any critical thinker would see that this is a pattern. In answer to your, you know, what happened to you, you know, I can assure you that something has happened to me. And that is, I believe that Justin Trudeau is the reason I have left the left. I was a member of the Liberal Party of Canada for 15 years, folks. And I, Justin Trudeau made me quit. I've revoked my membership. I canceled my subscription to the Liberal Party of Canada because of him. He is truly... An embarrassment. I, you know, I can't believe that we are being embarrassed in the world stage the way that we have been. You know, I have to thank you for the feedback I said to him. In, and I'm open to the idea that I may be wrong. I'm just looking at it from the eyes of someone that came from somewhere else. And, uh, and I'm okay with that. And I'm willing to have that conversation. But trying to discredit anyone with a more, that has a more center conservative viewpoint as being white supremacists or neo-Nazis or extremists is intellectually and philosophically dishonest you know if we want to talk about that let's talk honestly about the points that are being made here but you can't classify everyone in the conservative party you can't classify everyone that is you know more in the right side of of the political spectrum as being an extremist do you see that happening tj what's it called cancel culture yeah it's becoming popular right well you know this is a debate that we always have and uh you know, my, my son is studying politics right now, and, you know, we argue aggressively, which is the, the next question that I have for you. Should we discuss politics at the dinner, at dinner table? <laughs> because, uh, you know, people, people are willing to have this conversation more so today than they ever had. But, uh, you know, in my viewpoint, the political spectrum is not a straight line that is divided in the center or left and right. I don't believe that that is the case. I believe that the political spectrum is a circle. And when you go more and more to the extremes, you meet at the bottom, uh, you know, in an authoritarian dictatorship that could be far right or far left. But ultimately, you know, what's the difference between Castro and Pinochet? Can somebody tell me? 
You know, somebody may say that uh, Castro was benevolent. I don't know. Ask a Cuban that moved to Miami and they'll tell you otherwise. Nick, what are your thoughts on this? I think the bottom line is we have to we have to make sure that, you know, we're listening to each other. And obviously, if someone has, you know, very extremist, dangerous views, then, you know, then that's then that goes beyond free speech. And that's that's not OK. But when it's within, you know, democracy, when it's within a respect of, you know, of your fellow human being, you still have to be willing to listen, even though you might not agree. You have to listen because otherwise, how are you going to build a bridge? How are you going to, you know, come up with any progress or your politicians how are they going to work together how are the politicians from different parties going to work together if no one talks to each other and everyone labels each other as this and that and i've seen honestly i've seen it on both sides you know it's it's it our politics have become so divisive and i, I would say it's getting as divisive to the point where it's almost as divisive as it is in the united states do you really think that is that divisive in the united states when they only have a two-party system tj what what are your thoughts on that I think you're hitting the nail on the head where your um, change is the only constant. Change is the only constant in life. So when you're pointing out that that political spectrum is a circle and it keeps moving through that, that's a brilliant way of looking at it. You can't just, if you're just staying one in one culture, it becomes stale and stagnant. You need to be able to grow. And that takes awareness and understanding. That type of growth, um, I, I only really recently, in my 30s, found out with that term of democracy, part of democracy means having an educated citizen and that education this is like this conversation here um you can't be you can't be ignorant you have to be tolerant well i you know it's amazing how many places will not allow you to have this conversation but you know let's talk to william we have william on the line william you know before we answer your questions uh, I, you know, I need to ask you something. How did you feel? I don't know if you've seen that video of the prime minister just getting massacred on that uh, European parliament verbally, by the way. Um, how does that make you feel when the world feels a certain way towards our prime minister? Uh, well, El Jefe Vago, my brother, it was great to hear you have uh, Nav on there. Because uh, it was my last two uh, uh, purveyors of vehicles, uh, Nav and then you. So listen, how do I feel? I'll, I'll, I'll respond that with uh, with a, with, a, with an aphorism. Judge, you know, show me the quality of my enemies, and I will show you the quality of my character. Mm -hmm. Basically, I look at the source. I absolutely one hundred percent consider the source. If Greg Carrasco says to me, "William, you're not living your life right," I will absolutely take that with the some rando guy on the street shouting at the at, shouting at the clouds. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So I have to say that once I read that, once I read and heard that criticism, okay, whether or not I agree with it, who is saying that? Where does that come from? What is being said? What is the context? Mm -hmm. And if the problem, the problem being is, is that if you are, you know, judging our prime minister and judging him harshly based off of what happened with around the trucker protest, which was a largely where this a lot of this criticism came from, then I'm sorry. I do not have any time for that. I do not consider that. That's great. You know what? You know, it's like it's like a fart in a windstorm. It's a lot of sound <laughs> and fury. It signifies nothing, my man. Mm. Listen, uh, you know, and, and, and I think that and, and I'm going to call you out, Carrasco, because you can't you cannot turn around and say that a prime minister who enacts laws 
or vehicles for things that were voted on by our parliament 20 years ago as mm-hmm. available tools of the government, you do not get to call him a dictator. We are seeing a dictator live right now. The whole question of what what's going on in the world that's like we, like I said we could have we, there's so many different ways that this conversation could go but that's sort of where I'm saying on that with our prime minister okay so William you know number one I love when people call me out I love it you know why because this isn't a soliloquy this is this isn't I'm I'm not a pontificating from this I mean by definition I guess I am because I speak in front of the microphone but just to tell you how much of an immigrant I am uh, I had to go and look up the meaning of aphorism so <laughs> you know that's the beauty of having a phone here and listen no 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 listen hold on you speak more languages than me so I absolutely no worries brother I appreciate so, that yeah, I want you to I want you to hear me out and because I think it's important that we can, that we have the, you know, with the essence of respect, we can disagree aggressively. And I love this about the radio show. And a lot of people don't take the, the opportunity to do this. And I appreciate the fact that you disagree with me. But the only thing I can say to you is this. One of the biggest problems that I have seen in, in the Canadian system is the lack of perspective. You see, the vast majority of people have never lived anywhere else. So when their when they're, their rights as a citizen are being trampled on, we are so trusting of our government and our system that we never take a step back and say, you know, hmm, is this right? You know, Canadians will sit back and say, no, 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 don't worry, man. The government has always treated us fine for all these years. I'm sure that they have the best interest of the citizens at heart. But when you talk to someone that has seen this before, that has smelled this before, when you have a leader that doesn't take the time to even have a conversation, when when people that were exercising the right to protest, and, you know, I can tell you this, you know, whether you agree or disagree with, with the trucker protest, because this, this I'm not going to debate that on this. Those were Canadians that were protesting in a, in a very, very peaceful way. Not a single shot was fired. Not a single window was broke. Nothing happened. It was an exercise of a peaceful protest. And our leader didn't have the courage to go and speak to them, that spoke louder to me than anything else. So when you are using a sledgehammer to kill a mosquito, because that's what he did when he invoked the emergency act, it's not something that I agree with. And living under Pinochet, William, um, I spent 17 years under martial law. I know what that means. Mm. And uh, it was not adequate. That needed a conversation. And look, they are working class people. When, when we shut them down, when we, <laughs> we, we can go down this rabbit hole, William, and uh, I, yeah, I would I love, yeah, it's, I, it's, I would it's, love it's to. A, it's, a, it's a crazy spot, man, and I appreciate you, brother, for it. I know. We could have a whole three hours on it. Yeah, so talk to me. What does it mean to you to be Canadian? So I will tell you this. Uh, I am a first-generation Canadian as well, and I will tell you that, Greg, 200 years from now, barring any kind of, you know, Ukraine-style situation from our friends to the south, the north, the east, to the west, over the, over the you know, melted polar ice caps, uh, you know, whatever. 
we will have be having this conversation 200 years from now, our great-great-grandchildren. We, I was having this conversation in elementary school, in high school. And you know what? And, 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 and unfortunately, I can't hear your, your, your guest on the, other, on the other end. But made a point. Not having it is having it. To question what is a Canadian, I think, will we'll form uh, a quintessential part of it. Because we were not birthed in flame. You look at what's happening in Ukraine right now. There are people who are like reporters and, 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 and freelancers in Ukraine reporting on it right now. And they are absolutely terrified, but they are absolutely loving it because they are witnessing the absolute birth of a nation in that. We didn't have that. Right. No, we a lot of people don't know, William, that uh, Canada is the only uh, uh, new country uh, whose independence was not forced by civil war, which is fascinating to me. But, uh, you know, William, you had a car question for me. Let's make it quick because we need to take a short break. All right. So here's my deal. Um, you know, what is uh, the future really? Uh, and specifically with Nissan, because, of course, I'm going to be when I need one, I'm coming to you. Yeah. But what is the future really and truly? I have a feeling that we are going to have to move to the electric space. But the thing is, is that when is the, when's the inflection point? When does it become so, like, when does it become Tipping point. N- niche to mass market or, or niche to popular and then popular to mass market? Timeline. Crystal ball me, brother. Okay, so this is what I can tell you. Electric vehicles are not being pushed by car manufacturers. Electric vehicles are a political system. And the problem is this, that governments are pushing for a political uh, aggression onto the car industry by forcing uh, to comply with electric cars, but they are failing to provide this on the other end. You see, if governments around the world do not come up with a sustainable electrical grid, electric vehicles will never, ever, ever survive. And this is the problem. Politicians like to talk about, we will build this many electric vehicles. We will, we will force car manufacturers to only produce electric cars. But on the other side, they're not providing the required infrastructure for electric vehicles to be used in an effective and safe way that will not tax the electrical grid to the point that we are going to run out of electricity. And I know that you may say, how are we going to run out of electricity, Greg? Well, let me give you an example. If you go downtown, for example, and you get a building with 500 condos in it, and every single condo has one electric vehicle that needs to plug itself onto a charger overnight, you will have 500 vehicles plugged into this building. We do not have the capacity to do so. In fact, if every single vehicle on the planet was today turned into an electric vehicle, we civilization would pretty much collapse in the sense that, number one, we don't have the resources. Number two, all the electricity that we have to run, our industries, our homes, everything else will disappear. So this this is a pipe dream that politicians are selling people because we all have the sensitivity to the environment, but they're not backing it up with what needs to be done, not only to provide the grid, but also to replace the tax dollars that are coming from the oil industry. 
So I don't see this happening in my lifetime. Now I'm 50. Uh, you know, you know, life expectancy is what for me, 85. <laughs> I certainly don't want to live that long because I'm already tired. So <laughs> I, uh, I can tell you that <laughs> I'm tired, man. That's I, the BJJ right there, brother. That's the BJJ <laughs> well, right there. By the way, you need to come to my school. I'm opening up a school in Oakville, Octa BJJ. You need to come and visit. But William, thank you so much, man. We love you. I love that you disagree. We're going to take a very short break. And folks, if you want to call me and you have something to say, the number to call is 289-275-9600. You don't have to agree with me. Fight me. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity, and we are the home of the no commission salespeople. Before you make any car buying decisions, you need to come down and see me. You owe it to yourself. Lex, put us on a short break. We'll be right back. Hey, Greg, Mike Robitaille here. We hear you loud and clear all the way down to Buffalo. And if you can hear my voice, you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Hey, hey, what's up, Toronto? When the boogeyman goes to sleep, he checks under his bed for me. Ken Shamrock here, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Hello, Toronto. She was more like a beauty queen from a movie screen. Said, don't mind, what, what do you mean? I am the one who would dance on the floor and around. She says, I am the one who would dance on the floor and around. She said, her name was Billie Jean. Cause the scene and every head turned with eyes that dream being the one that it play legs who would dance on the floor and around if you've never heard this before people always told me be careful this is Chris Cornell do. don't go around breaking young girls doing an interpretation of Billie Jean from Michael Jackson Get that morning. I was driving my daughter to school and I heard it in the news and he just hit me like a ton of brick on my chest. He was my favorite singer and he freed himself and he left us all behind. And I, I was crying driving and my daughter said to me, Why are you crying, Dad? I'm like, you know, if Ed Sheeran died, would you cry? She says, yeah, well, there. Chris Cornell, you know, his uh, covers from other songs, which are phenomenal, especially when he does acoustic versions of them. Um, you know, are you familiar with the work of uh, Audio Slave and, and Chris Cornell, uh, TJ? Yes, Chris Cornell, definitely. The James Bond song that he did. What? Wait, what? What are you talking about? Which one? Chris Cornell, um, it must have been the first James Bond. Like, yeah, I don't know if I've heard it. 
You know, you learned something new today. If you are correct, my friend, I have something new to Google after the show. But, you know, I, um, you, you had a question for me before we went to the break, and um, I, I wanted to give you the floor to ask it. Thank you. It's, um, I know you wear different hats, father, son, cousin, what, um, consumer, and this is more for your executive hat. Mm. Um, I do a lot of consulting with different companies. Let's use that company as a microcosm of Canada. Mm -hmm. It's culture, business, business culture. Mm -hmm. So this, this company has been around, it's a good 60 years, and a lot of their employees are long-term, long-term. Mm -hmm. I'm talking 30, and they retire, and they stay. When they bring in new blood, mm -hmm. it's, it's, um, it's fascinating how the, how the change comes in. I'm one of those that are coming in. Yeah. Now, to me, that's like a you and a nav coming in from a country, a different, different country, and bringing in experiences from around the world. Does that company represent Canada and that microcosm that it's always has to change if your culture doesn't change and adapt. Therefore, there's nothing that really pinpoints it. Can't that be Canada's culture? That's a pretty deep question, TJ. I don't disagree with you. Except for one thing. You see, number one, you need to have a credible leader. If that company doesn't have a credible leader, okay. you are adrift in a sea of influences. And uh, the culture needs to be set up from the top with one yeah. exception. The top needs to listen. And uh, unless you have somebody that even though it's at the top has come from the bottom, you can never, ever sympathize. You can never level with the lowest common denominator. And, you know, this is something that I've seen in, in, in car dealerships over the years. I remember, you know, quite a few years back, I worked for somebody that uh, had a son that wanted to, you know, get, leave the business to the son. And I said to him, give him to me. Let me, let me train him. So this was over a decade ago. And, and you know, I said, give, him, give me your son so I can introduce him into the ways of the car industry. And he said, okay, if I did that, what would you do with him? I said, well, what is the lowest position at the dealership? A car washer. I would put him in the car wash for at least a year. And he says, you can't do that to the owner's son. And I said, of course, you must do that to the owner's son, because unless he understands the trials and tribulations and the strife of the lowest person in the totem pole at the company, you will never be able to be a credible leader. And this is the problem. We, we have politicians and leaders these days, TJ, that have nothing in common with the common man. And, and look, I... <laughs> We have to be careful with this because, you know, it's a fine line, but our, our prime minister right now does not know what it is to pay a parking ticket, does, yeah. know, does not know what it is to try to shop for Rogers or Bell or tell us for a cell phone. He doesn't know what is st being stuck on the QEW or the 403 going to, to work. He doesn't know what it is to wonder where the next dollar is going to come from so you can put gas in the car. So when you have no point of reference, when you have no point of identification to understand what the troubles are 
with a regular Canadian, you cannot represent the regular Canadian. That's my problem. So, yes, culture needs to evolve. We need to grow. Mm-hmm. However, if we don't listen to the people that are coming in, if we don't pay attention to what we are seeing, because I still consider myself at the very, very, very bottom of our Canadian nation. If we don't listen to those people, how can we possibly change for the better? Because right now, this is not what's happening. So, you know, as a company, if, if you don't have a strong leader, and by that I mean someone with character, someone that you can hold their feet to the fire, and they have nothing but blue, clear flame, it's difficult. It's very, very difficult for, for the country to evolve in, in, in a proper fashion. Would you, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I definitely do. So how do you, how do you in your system yeah. keep those channels open to listen to those people in the front lines? I think that number one, by walking the walk, I mean, you, and I've said this on the, on the show many times before, if the person at the top cannot do the lowest job or the first job or the simplest job, and they're not willing to do it, then you're not the right leader for the organization. That's a you know, tough thing to throw out there. Of course. And, you know, and unfortunately, we need to demand that. We need to hold our leaders accountable mm-hmm. without being vilified by doing so. Nick, what are your thoughts on this? Oh, absolutely. You know, I think, you know, people, if people aren't held accountable, then people are never going to improve, you mm-hmm. know, and never going to feel like they need to improve. And just to, and just to say that, oh, you know, you, I don't know, you're, for example, in politics, you're the prime minister or you're the premier. You know, you know best. To me, that's dangerous in a sense because it gives someone way too much power and way too much, you know, glory, even when they don't deserve it. If we don't hold our politicians and our leaders accountable, then it's always going to be the status quo or worse. And it's going to and the standard is going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. Well, and that's what usually happens when you have this whole idea of, <laughs> you know, I, I think I'm going to leave my my next point in my mind alone. I'm not going to toss this up in the air. You know, my instincts are good. They've been they they have they have kept me safe for all these years. You know, let's take a short break, folks, uh, because the three hours has just flown by. TJ, don't go anywhere. I love having you here, Nick. The same, uh, Lex. Let's take a short break, folks. This the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And if you just tuning in, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco show. This is a free for all. Yes, we are all over the place, and I love it because that's how our brains work. When was the last time that you could organize your thought and have a you know steady, predetermined organization of every thought that comes to your mind? It doesn't happen. And this is what this show represents. We never know where you, the listener, are going to take us. If you have something on your mind, you still have a few minutes left. Call us, 289-275-9600. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. What's up, everybody? This is Randy Couture, and if I'm not beating people up, I'm listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Give it a listen. Take care. Don't drive high. 
Learn how to say it in Spanish instead. Repeat after me. No conduzcas drogado. No conduzcas drogado. Excellent pronunciation. Look at you being all safe and smart and multilingual. But just remember, no matter what language you're speaking, you should never drive high. With 101 things to do instead, why drive? Visit don'tdrivehigh.ca to learn more from your friends at Tweed, Uber, and Mad Canada. Hi, this is a Greek rascal from Oakville Nissan and during a time in which we can barely find inventory. Deals are very difficult to come by. So what I'm about to tell you is super special. If you're looking at buying a used vehicle, come to Oakville Nissan and don't pay up to six months on approved credit. So you don't have to make a payment for up to six months on approved credit when you finance a used vehicle through Oakville Nissan. Something's happening here at OakvilleNissan.com. Carbon monoxide is called the silent killer. That's because you can't see it, taste it, or smell it. But I can. I can see it when I look at pictures of my niece and her family. I can taste it when I remember the dinners we used to share. And I can smell it when I pass the rink that her husband and kids used to skate on. My name is John Janak. That was me four years ago, after carbon monoxide killed my niece, Lori Hawkins, and her entire family. They did not have a carbon monoxide alarm. We're extremely thankful that the Ontario government has passed a new law making CO alarms mandatory for all homes with an attached garage, fireplace, gas appliance, or heating system. Now I need you to do your part by installing a CO alarm today. Help me honour my family's memory and make sure your family is protected. Lori would want it that way. For more information and safety tips, go to endthesilence.ca. If you think the bank statement has anything to do with a financial institution, or the walls of Jericho is a place in the Middle East, or the 24-inch pythons are actual snakes, you need to tune in Saturdays at 9 p.m. for the GTA's newest pro wrestling show, Ringside Heat. Join me, Lex Tan, each week as the Ringside Heat Roundtable and me break down the big events from around the world of pro wrestling. We cover them all, including WWE, AEW, Impact Wrestling, and much more. And if you have something to say, an all true wrestling fans do, you will have an opportunity to reach out to us and join the conversation. Every Saturday at 9pm from Parts Unknown, Ringside Heat will just bring it, only on Saga 960am. Be there. Grow your business online by building a digital storefront with simple e-commerce tools, supported by an e-commerce advisor. Apply for up to $2,400 in grants at canada.ca forward slash digital dash adoption. A message from the Government of Canada. Stream us live at saga960am.ca. Darcy Tucker here, and if you're hearing the sound of my voice, it's too late to escape. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. I'm just gonna let the song play because I love this song. It's called Love and Hate. But three hours have flown by. Thank you for listening. Even those of you that don't like me. I 
I'll love you right back. Hate is nothing more than love from the other side. It's okay. I see you from the other side and I love you. This is the Greg Carrasco Show. It is my own personal therapy session of three hours every Saturday morning just to cleanse my mind of all the things that have been troubling me during the week. We have a quick phone call from someone that wants to ask me about cars. How can I make your life better this morning? Your name didn't show on the screen here, so I don't know who you are, but how can I help you? Hello. Yes, uh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you and your staff. Thank you. My name is Carlos. Three things. I was going to talk about cars, but let me uh, talk about it at the end just quickly. Uh, first of all, there is a God, and we're all going to find out the truth one day. Second, I rather have Trudeau as my leader than uh, Putin. Secondly, and another thing uh, about the car, uh, it's 2014 Genesis Coupe R with 140,000 clicks. Dealers asking 59, and what are the issues with this car? You know, I heard that anything past 2015 and beyond was uh, better than the 2015. Uh, prior to 2015, I heard that there was electrical problems. Can you, uh, you think that's a good deal? And uh, do you think it's too much high kilometers? What's your view? How much money that? are they asking uh, for the car? 59. Sorry? Pardon? How much are they asking for the car? 15,900. Okay, so the first thing that you need to do. Okay, hold on a second. Let me answer the question. Let me ask the question. Yes. Um, and you know you can um, you know we, you can hang up now. I'll answer the question on air. Uh, as for the okay. for the first part of your comments, uh, that I don't want to unpack that. We don't have enough time. <laughs> as for the car, is a very simple thing. Take it to a Hyundai store and get them to give you an assessment before you buy it. End of story. And it doesn't have to be the one that you're buying it from, because you're getting into an eight-year-old vehicle for sixteen thousand uh, dollars. You may be buying yourself a sixteen thousand dollar problem. Now, Genesis by proxy, they're great vehicles, so I would not hesitate in you buying one of those ones. Saying that, um, I don't think that um, I don't think that you should buy it without getting a full inspection from a Hyundai store. Uh, number two, I need to talk to Will. Will, make it quick because we only have a few minutes left. Talk to me, Will. How can I make your life better this morning? Hey, Greg. Hey, Greg. How are Good you? Morning. Good morning. Um, yes. As far as as far as Canada being divisive, what makes a Canadian and all of that, I've been listening for interest to your topic. Do not think for one second that this is not being brought about by design. Our leaders are doing and instigating policies that foment and and exacerbate that exact condition, whether it be vaccine mandates, whether it be equity legislation, everything down the line, even our so-called conservative government with Bill C-67 that's getting into its third reading, on the surface it looks like sweetness and light, equity in education, who doesn't want that? But beneath the surface, if you listen to Jordan Peterson, a barber chain dismantle that legislation, it's as divisive as hell. You know, this is what I can tell you, Will. I, I appreciate what you just said. I, you know, I'm going to have to go because we need to sign off in just a couple of seconds. Thank you so much. But stay, stay listening. I, I don't disagree with you. 
but I cannot unpack that in two minutes. So for all of you slackers that have been listening to this show and wait until the last few minutes of, of the show to discuss this, you need to tune in a little bit earlier. The show starts at 8 a.m. Slacker Nation is slacking. TJ, what are your last final thoughts on the on the show today? Well, just from a martial arts philosophy, uh, not to quote Drake, but we start at the bottom to before we move <laughs> up the top, right? Yeah. You start at a white belt. You learn to tie that white belt. You start at the bottom. The dojo represents an uh, money eco, eco uh, what do you call it, ecosystem. Yep. And you have to go through those levels. I'm not getting bumps and bruises. Understand where you came from, but that mind in there, something else. Well, thank you, TJ, and uh, and folks. Uh, you know, I want to thank you on behalf of everyone here from the radio show because uh, you are a listener. You are a listener that said something so interesting to me last time that I talked to you that I felt. Uh, I felt compelled to have you here on the show with me to discuss things. And uh, I certainly hope uh, that this is the first of many times that I have you on because I appreciate that conversation. Um, folks, like I said at the beginning of the, this last segment of the show, all we try to do here is to instigate conversation, to instigate dialogue. If you disagree with me and you just biting your tongue and not calling and saying, ah, what is he talking about? That's good. That is good. You're feeling something. You're disagreeing with something. You're getting angry at something. Are you driving your own bus? Is the bus of your life being stirred by you? Are you steering it? Who's driving it? Or are you just the victim of the system? Or you're just a victim of your relationship, of your job? Are you? Or are you taking a stand and saying, hmm, maybe no more. Maybe, maybe my job is to become better than me yesterday, not comparing myself to my coworker or my neighbor or my brother or my sister. This is all we want out of this place. Yes. I'm not a broadcaster, although you may say, well, what are you talking about, Greg? You're broadcasting right now. Yeah, you're right. I never went to school to learn how to communicate with the masses on a second language. I'm just a regular guy doing regular things, making the same mistakes that you are making. I'm still getting phone calls from Bell that I didn't return some equipment six months ago. So... <laughs> I make the same mistakes. I fight with my kids. Sometimes I can't sleep. I've had divorces and breakups and heartbreaks. I'm just like you. You're not alone. If there is one thing that you need to remember from today is that you, my friend, are not alone before you make any carbine decision you owe it to yourself because what you hear on the radio here is the exact same thing that you're going to find when you come and see me at my place of employment and no my opinions do not reflect the opinion of my employer no that's not the way that works this is my show this is my brain and I'm free to discuss whatever is inside at will. 
in Saga 960 has been the only safe place that I have found in over a decade. And I had to go to an independent radio station for me to be able to say what I wanted to say, for, in order for me to discuss what I wanted to discuss, in order for me to engage my listeners, the fans of the show, in a meaningful way. In my opinion, this radio station needs to be protected at all costs because it's one of the last places in which you can actually have a conversation. Folks, this is the Greg Carrasco Show. We are Canada's largest automotive radio show, and we're expanding. We're talking about different things. I want to thank Lex, my producer at the station, Jody, the owner, the boss, Nick, my call screener and today participated on the microphone. TJ, my guest, my special guest of the day. Nav Badia, my friend that called in today and just assaulted me with this positive energy. I love it. Love you, Nav. So when you're buying a car, you need to come and see me at Oakville Nissan in Oakville Infinity. You know why? There's something happening there at OakvilleNissan.com. with you all. Autobots, roll out!